Hi, this is Lindy, the creator and host of Lindy's Audio Cafe, a podcast focused on positive and thought-provoking stories. Life gets busy, and in the race for happiness, we sometimes forget it's often the smaller things in life that truly matter. My podcast is focused on the stories that don't make tabloids, the basics that make you smile, the kindness of people who help make the world a better place. Yeah, we need a bit more of that. But before we get started, please be sure to hit subscribe on your podcast app so you don't miss future episodes. Thanks for listening. Well, hello there and welcome to Lindy's Audio Cafe. My name is Lindy and I'm absolutely delighted to join you once again today. I just got back from the mailbox. I had a few nice cards from family, a couple of bills, and a nice big 9 by 14 inch envelope. It said on the envelope in big red letters, free gifts enclosed. Inside the envelope was a gratitude journal, a blank note card that I can reuse, a few pamphlets to describe the program, and a postage paid envelope to send my donation. Will I send a donation because I received this in the mail? Not likely. I receive donation requests on a regular basis, and I get it. Many organizations are desperately trying to help innocent people, and these groups are simply trying to catch your attention. This particular organization is a good organization, and they help people all over the world. Their volunteers work countless hours helping on the front lines and behind the scenes. It truly is a good organization. I did a search online for the salaries, and I don't think their salaries are too high from what I see. I understand that in order to help people, funding is needed to have the right team in place. Depending on the type and size of organization, some run solely on volunteers, others require staff to keep things running. Some organizations serve a global need and simply could not operate on volunteers alone. Over this past year, I have noticed an increase in the free gifts that come from organizations. Oh, I've received blank Christmas cards, address labels, socks, gloves, pens, calendars, journals, and reusable shopping bags. As much as I appreciate the efforts, I personally find it distasteful to keep getting constant mail with the free gifts in exchange for a donation. Most people I've talked to about it are annoyed and tell me they want to know that their money's going towards helping people and not just printing a bunch of personalized address labels. I suppose the large organizations that have this practice must be able to monitor their campaigns and determine if the cost to solicit donations is worth it. That must be why they keep on doing it. It must be paying off for them. But when is enough actually enough? Should organizations ask your permission to send the free gifts in the mail? Should you send the items back as return to sender if you aren't going to use them? If you do, what happens to them? Are they reused or do they end up in the landfill? Years ago, I became aware of an elderly person with dementia who had sent two identical checks to an organization. The second check was not signed. Instead of sending the check back, the organization sent a receipt for each check and then followed up with an invoice requesting replacement of the unsigned check. All they had to do was look at the file for this donor and they could see that they had just cashed the check for the same amount. I helped this senior and contacted the organization to explain that the second check was sent in error. 
The organization did not care that the check was sent in error by an elderly person with dementia who was on limited income. They insisted that the second receipt could not be voided and it would cause tax implications so that replacement check was needed. Honestly, I was pretty disgusted at the time. It was a great organization, but I felt they were taking advantage of the situation. It was not year-end, we were not in another tax year, so I could see no reason why the second receipt could not be reversed in their system if it was returned. From my standpoint, it was clearly this was a vulnerable senior, and I really felt like they were taking advantage. I know how important our organizations are, and things can change in an instant. Any one of us can be in a situation where we need to rely on help from others. A few years back, I had the opportunity to spend time at BC Children's Hospital. I had a family member who underwent a very lengthy life-altering operation, and it was incredible to see the resources and people in place. When I was walking the halls in that hospital, I noticed many plaques and signs that told of generous donors who had made the healthcare possible. From large corporations to grateful families, many people had stepped up to the plate to help fund a vital health care service. That hospital is incredible, and we would not have that service without the wonderful donors. I mention this hospital only because I remember reading all the tributes to donors on the walls, and I thought of myself about how grateful I was for the donors who had made it possible. I recall taking a photo of one of the donor walls, and it was a family that had immigrated to Canada several years ago and received care for their child. When this family was able to do so, they gave back to the hospital, which in turn provided care opportunities for many others to follow. Those are good stories. Those are great donation stories, and I'm grateful for them. When my kids were growing up, they were involved in many activities. In order for the activities to be kept affordable for parents, fundraising was often part of the equation. We have sold cookies, chocolate-covered almonds, magazine subscriptions, coffee, raffle tickets, Christmas poinsettias, and coupon books. Yes, I say the words we sold because typically most parents are accompanying younger children as they go door-to-door in the neighbourhood. It can be challenging when you have more than one child or more than one club or organization. Hi, I was here last week for the soccer club. This week I'm selling for gymnastics, and next week we need sponsors for the readathon. Hi, yes again, sorry to bother you. It's Sally's turn now. She was so excited you sponsored Sam, and she's wondering if you can sponsor her for the skateathon. Hmm, so now your neighbors have sponsored Sam for two events, Sally for one, and little Johnny comes home needing sponsors for his hockey tournament. There comes a point where you simply can't keep asking your neighbors and friends. It's tough. You want to treat your kids fairly, and they all have to do their part, but at some point you can't forever bark up the same tree. Neighbors might run when they see you in the driveway or feel like you're taking advantage of them. It's not in all cases, but the potential is there, so what do you do? Do you drive to another neighborhood where people don't know who you are and risk knocking on the doors of strangers that you don't know? Times have changed and this might not be an option. Honestly, I found there were times when I didn't have the heart to bug the same people again, so I would take the box of almonds and put it with an honor payment envelope on the coffee room table at work. If there were extras left over, I often bought them myself to simply avoid another round of door-to-door soliciting. 
for the most part at work, but sometimes the envelope would be short a few bucks and you were left wondering how that happened. I've helped organize raffles for organizations and that can be a ton of work depending on your jurisdiction. I had to get a raffle license from the authorities, solicit donors for prizes, get confirmation of the prize donation in writing, print the tickets, make the posters, divvy up the tickets between the sports team members, set up a time to sell the tickets at a local retail store, and do a schedule for team members to take part. It was great if everyone showed up, but when a team member no-showed and a frantic parent called me because they had to leave and there was no one there to watch the cash box, I ended up dumping what I was doing and filled shifts just to keep things running smoothly. Oh, and I was still working full-time at the time, as were many of the other parents. Where I come from, if all tickets are not turned in before a raffle happens, it can void the raffle. I recall chasing down a family right down to the night before the ticket draw, trying to get the tickets back. They had no care in the world that it was causing extra work for me, and like them, I was just another parent who was trying to keep my kids active. Ah, but I did make some great connections, and the time I spent working with other cooperative families was bonding time. We learnt more about each other, and it helped us to connect more while sitting on the bleachers. I'd love to talk about sponsorship requests, but that is honestly a whole other episode. Quite simply, if you want a business to sponsor your nonprofit group, presentation and acknowledgement go a long way. Draft a letter of request, drop it off in person, and let the business know how you plan to recognize them at the event. Is it with their logo on a sign, on newspaper ads? Will they be tagged on a radio ad? Unless you have a personal connection with someone at a business, telephone calls to request donations are really not a great approach. Fundraising, donations, and sponsorships all play an important role in our community. What works for some may not work for others. Help where you can, but don't feel pressured into supporting an organization because you got a free t-shirt in the mail. That free t-shirt is simply not free. A final note is to be careful with online groups. I know someone who joined a local social media platform for helping in her community, and sadly, she was scammed by someone who knew how to play the system. She eventually had to block the person from communication, but not after she had spent several hundred dollars helping a stranger who was taking advantage of her good nature. It is sad when this happens because there are great people out there willing to help, and good people who sometimes just need a hand. This woman has noticed she'll still help others, but she'll be more selective with how she does it. If you receive unwanted mail from organizations, A written note to request they take you off the list is a good idea. If that doesn't work, simply keep putting return to sender every time unwanted mail comes in. Eventually they should stop sending it. If you're getting too many emails, unsubscribe and block. When the phone rings, remember you pay the bill and that phone is for your convenience. You don't have to respond to constant phone solicitations. Despite all this, at the end of the day, be kind. Yes, be kind, but be aware. Kind means doing what you can, but not putting yourself at financial or physical risk. If you see an organization that's truly helping people, a little extra from time to time really can go a long way. So how do you feel about all those unsolicited gifts in the mail? Does it make you want to donate more? 
Or do you find yourself more annoyed and wondering where your donation funds are really going? Well, you send a donation simply because an organization mailed out to you address labels and a card or gifts. Will that motivate you to donate more? What would motivate you to donate more to an organization? How do you feel you can help best? And what do you think is the best way for organizations to reach out to you when they need a helping hand? If you have any comments or stories to share regarding this topic, please reach out to me through my website at www.lindysaudiocafe.com. You can click on the contact page to send me a note or a voicemail. As I wrap this up, I do want to stress that helping others is such a good thing. Please don't ever let poor practices of any groups turn you away from helping other people. We are all in this world together, and it's so important that we help each other along the way. No judgments. And on that note, it is time to wrap it up. Thank you so much for listening. And as you head out this week, remember that smiles come in all languages and in all colors. I took the time to prepare this podcast and you took the time to listen. I am a retired Grammy doing this for fun and the whole goal with these podcasts is to make it thought-provoking fun and, you know, just to get us thinking about things in life. I hope you did enjoy my episode and if you did, please do share on your social networks. And if you'd like to leave a comment for me, don't hesitate to reach out to me through my website, www.lindysaudiocafe.com Thanks so much again everybody for stopping by and I hope you have a wonderful day. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to click like and share it so others can enjoy it also. Join the Lindy's Audio Cafe podcast group for updates Oh, and positive reviews are always welcome as well. (laughs) Check the show notes for updated links. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.